it was simply by giving him that affection and showing him basically, I would like to be loved this way, but I'm going to choose to love you that way. He responded to that and he did begin to be more attentive and more responsive. He brought me flowers for no reason. And it wasn't like he had never brought me flowers before, Right. but there was this element of he felt more connected to me. That's Felicia Masonheimer, and she and her friend and co-author Lisa Jacobson join us today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus president and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, flirtation can add spice to and spark to your marriage. And today, yep, we want to talk about that because God created this. He created that spark. That's one of the great things about marriage, and especially uh, keeping that in our marriages and the importance of it. Uh, finding those times to truly connect with your spouse can be difficult in this day and age of modernity when everything's going. Phones are going and kids are crying and things need to be done and we just got to make time for each other. I'll tell you what, the number one thing in parenting is to show your kids a good marriage. And I know our guests uh, are well equipped to talk about that. It's true. Whenever I call Jean, she always answers the phone in such a nice way. It's so fun when I call her and she'll say, hello. (laughs) I'm serious. It just brightens my day. You know, she never answers it with, "Uh, what do you need? Never. Isn't that awesome? That's a wonderful thing. It's a gift. (laughs) But that's just one example of how that flirtation can happen. And, you know, it's just fun. And we're going to cover this today. I think you're going to want to stick with us. Yeah. And I think Dina and I, we we like to laugh together. And that's one of the things I try to do is we uh, sit down on the sofa after dinner just to connect. Laughter seems to join us together, and there can be some flirtatious moments as we do that. So. <laughs> okay, we'll end it right there. Yeah, well, we have two guests uh, Two guests who are going to share a little bit from their lives and their marriages. Uh, I mentioned Felicia Masonheimer. Uh, she's an author, Bible teacher, and host of the Verity Podcast. Uh, Lisa Jacobson is joining us again. She's been here before. She's an author and a host of Club 31 Women, which is an online community of Christian women authors. And uh, together they have a book about their own experiences and insights. It's called The Flirtation Experiment, Putting Magic, Mystery, and Spark into Your Everyday Marriage. Get a copy from us here at the ministry. The link is in the show notes, and our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family. Felicia and Lisa, welcome to Focus on the Family. Welcome back. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, it just sounds, it's such a, you know, it's already going to be a fun topic, I can tell, but (laughs) this idea of flirtation, all the guys, all the husbands are smiling, finally, Jim, way to go, (laughs) and wives are going, oh, no. One more thing. I mean, yeah, one more thing to do, but talk about just that general idea, help us understand the context. Let me ask it this way, biblical flirtation, is that even a, a thing I could say? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) When Lisa and I were writing this book, we were, of course, looking first at scripture for what does it say about the relationships between husbands and wives. And one thing that Lisa said that I loved is that our marriages should be holy, but they should also be happy. And sometimes we can get so caught up in the holiness of marriage that we forget about the joy and fun and happiness of being married. And that is a thread all throughout scripture. Now, I'm not going to let you off the hook yet, because in the book, you talked about a Hallmark movie that you and your husband, (laughs) Josh, were watching. Now, I don't see how you get flirtation out of a Hallmark movie, but (laughs) please uh, highlight it for me. Okay, so I'm not saying that Hallmark movies should be the guide for anyone's love life or (laughs) Well, maybe so. I don't know. (laughs) 
But I was watching a Hallmark movie um, several years ago, four or five years ago. My husband and I had two small kids, and he was actually not with me while I was watching it. He was at a hockey game. And <laughs> I was watching this movie, and I was just thinking, we laugh at these Hallmark movies, but yet we continue to watch them. Like women especially, we continue to watch them. Um, and why is it? Well, we know this predictable plot line, right? We know it's all going to work out in the end, but we also love this fun tension of, you know, the back and forth and the kiss in the elevator and things like that. And I was just sitting on the couch watching this thinking, I already have a man. <laughs> I already have a husband yeah. and I am so busy with little kids and work and all of this stuff that I forget to do these things. I wonder what would happen if I integrated some of these funny like hallmark moments if you wish into my existing marriage <laughs> but because i'm a systems person i i didn't try anything right away i made a list of 30 flirtations oh my god i did 30 ideas and i was like i'm secretly going to do these one a day for 30 days and see what happens and halfway through the experiment it had my husband never knew that this is what I was doing. Halfway through the experiment, it had transformed our relationship so much that I told Lisa about it. Okay. And then Lisa, now I'm turning it to you. You encountered that uh, change in attitude, I think one day with uh, your husband. What happened? Yeah. I told her when she talked about the flirtation experiment, I said, you know what? I think that's like one of the secrets to our marriage that we've enjoyed. We just celebrated our 30th anniversary and we still don't, we're not just staying married. We actually really enjoy each other and we still kiss and talk and hold hands. And, and, and it's not just because we're a good fit, but because we really have been building this over years. However, the turning point I would say that I recall is back when I had four small children and I was making dinner and I was frustrated in my spirit, just feeling like all I do is cook, clean, look after the kids, make the world go around for everybody else. And my husband came in and he came behind me and, and like I was kind of cooking some vegetables on the stove and he put his arms around me and I just did the uh, rejection thing, you know, to stop, I'm busy. And I've um, been pulled on all day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I and, and I just, and then I kind of saw over my shoulder, I watched him walk away and he just kind of had like his shoulders were just drooping and, and I had this strange moment where I thought, what did I just do? Here mm. I've been saying, I want more love. I want affection. I want romance. And I just you know, turned him away and made this my priority. These, these onions are my priority. <laughs> <laughs> and so I turned off the stove and I just whipped around and I pressed myself into him and did a, you know, a Hallmark PG-13 moment. <laughs> and we just had this awesome moment, like right there in the kitchen. The kids just stopped what they were doing and they're oh, all they just were like watching wow. mom and dad like, Ooh. How fun. And uh, it was really a great moment of going, you know what? We don't need to wait until everything's perfect. We don't need to set aside. I'm, I'm all for date nights, and that comes out in the book as well. But we don't have to wait for date night. And we, we can just make the most of these daily moments. Well, Lisa, what you're talking about there is um, attitude. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I think some wives hearing you right now are, okay, there's more guilt for me. Mm -hmm. You know, so address that. It's not about guilt. It's about choosing wisely how to manage that area of your life, right? And that, I mean, yeah, paying attention to the onions doesn't give you much payback. Mm -hmm. Paying attention to your husband actually does in so many ways. But why is that struggle there? What, what's happening for women that there is that struggle? And I would say that's true. Jean, if she were at the table, she'd be right with you guys going, yeah, 
I would have, you know, paid attention to the onions. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But why? What, what is happening there? Why are we missing the gift that God gives us in that area? And why is it so much, so onerous to participate in a different way? I think we, we want our husbands to initiate these things. We would like them to be more uh, just proactive in this kind of thing. And often we're disappointed in it. I would say, generally speaking, that's kind of the word out there. However, as we've talked about it, we realized, okay, is it, are we going to be satisfied then with a, just an okay marriage that we're actually a little disappointed in? Or what is it that we can do? And um, we can start the date night. We can initiate um, an adventure. And, and it's in a selfish way, not really, but we actually benefit from it, right? Yeah. Because we're actually yeah. starting something we want. And most of the time, Mm-hmm. The guy comes along, and goes. This is a great idea. I'm so glad you did this. Or, um, actually, like talk about how you felt like, like Joshua started bringing home, you know, gifts for you and stuff. Like, like, that, <laughs> now that, we're what I'm talking. Saying? No, oh. he did. He did. <laughs> so the, what? What was funny was as I decided, you know, I'm not going to wait for him to come up with this. I'm not going to wait for him to have the idea. I'm just going to take initiative on my part to show him affection the way I would like to receive it, he began to respond. And obviously our husbands are healthy, godly men. You know, we're not in unhealthy relationships. And so that is a factor that we talk about in the book. You know, we're not saying this is a guarantee. If you do this, then you can manipulate your husband into bringing you flowers. Like we're not saying that. But it was simply by giving him that affection and showing him basically, I would like to be loved this way, but I'm going to choose to love you that way. He responded to that and he did begin to be more attentive and more responsive. He brought me flowers for no reason. And it wasn't like he had never brought me flowers before. Right. But there was this element of he felt more connected to me. Yeah. He felt more like he could trust me. Right. And and like I was engaged with him. Yeah. And it was just having those simple steps for myself to follow really gave me the encouragement to do something every day. Well, and it's so good. And of course, you know, there are going to be literally millions of people listening to this and there's relationships all over the map. And I, I think it is important to clarify that if, you know, you have an abusive husband or an unhealthy husband, that's a different dynamic than mm-hmm. what we're talking about. And you really need clinical help, I would say, mm-hmm. Christian counselors. Focus has Christian we counselors. And it's a good place yeah. to start. We can also refer you to someone in your area. We have a great referral list of Christian counselors in everybody's area in the U.S. It's a really good in-depth list. But just to make that clarification, I think is really important because some wives are going to be super frustrated because their their marriages aren't in a place where it's just a right. little fine-tuning. Exactly. We've got an issue here. Um let me ask you, you, you pursued that playfulness with your husband. And one night with some chocolate treats, this is funny, the fact that you hid them to make him think that you ate them all. Yes. I think that, okay, right there, I don't know that that would start me in the right I direction. Know, I know. <laughs> what do you mean you ate them all? I wanted at least one, honey. Yes. <laughs> yes. So my husband's a practical joker. So okay. he thinks those kinds of things are hilarious. Good. That's good. Yes. Which I think is an element with an experiment like this. You have to know your spouse and know what 
what would bring them joy or what would show love to them <laughs> or show them angst <laughs> or yeah if you're... you ate all the chocolate exactly yeah don't create anxiety <laughs> but he thinks that kind of thing is funny so a lot of what i did revolved around that playfulness that joking participating in games that he liked i'm not a game person i don't love games but that's showing him i care about you I you're care talking about... about board games sitting around yeah the house. video games video even. oh video yeah games. i don't love video games but he does and so that was something i was like okay Okay, I'm okay. going to choose to enter into 80% this. 80% of the wives just went, you got to be kidding me. I know. I'm that way too. I get it. I really do. I do. But it was something that was, he cares about this. So what? what's my option here? I can let him continue to play by himself on this game or I can join him in it. That's really interesting. I think, um, and Lisa, maybe you can address this, both of you. It, it, it just seems that there's voices in our ears when it comes to marriage, some are friends that say, I can't believe you do that, or why would you do that? It, we seem to still set up these gender wars where you shouldn't give in to your husband like that, or to the husbands, why would she treat you like that? Why do we give in to some of those voices and not say, okay, what does the Lord say about a healthy relationship? And actually, the interesting thing to me, and what I've learned over years sitting and interviewing really smart people like you two, Marriage is about selflessness. It's mm -hmm. becoming more like Christ. And it's, I think why he created it mm -hmm. is so that we can become more like him. So it should be a good thing that we're laying our lives down for each other. But there's people, especially in the women's movement, even Christians, who are offended by that, mm -hmm. that somehow you're telling me to lay my life down for my husband. Women have been doing that for too long. Mm -hmm. uh, speak to that idea of mutual respect, mutual benefit, mutual selflessness. Yeah, I think to, to keep that marriage love alive, you do have to lay down your life for one another. Ideally, you're both going to be doing right. it. But sometimes, depending on your season, sometimes it's a season of life. Um, my husband was in a really heavy season, and he needed me to carry the weight of that and, and to help uh, bring light and life and laughter into our relationship. So I didn't. if you just wait for him to do his part, those are years wasted sometimes, mm. rather than really going, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. And I can love you and, and hope for better things and in, in our experience and I, I say ours personally but even a lot of many couples that we know they've had the same that same experience of it was a good thing it wasn't always easy but it was a good thing well this is focus on the family with jim daly i'm john fuller and our guests are lisa jacobson and felicia masonheimer and we're covering just some of the content in their book there's so much here uh, the book is called the flirtation experiment putting magic mystery and spark into your everyday marriage this is really a great resource that uh, treats the marital connection with uh, some real biblical insight and practical, helpful uh, advice. Get your copy today. We have details in the show notes or call 800, the letter A in the word family. Lisa, you share about how you and your husband got into the habit of watching TV for, before bed. You know, one thing for, for, I'll give Jean credit. She said, never will we ever have a TV in the bedroom. So, and, and that's not saying you did, but... Uh, you got in the habit of watching TV. I f have fallen into that habit. News, weather, and sports, especially football season. You know, I'm watching college games, pro games, the whole bit. And I've got to ratchet that down. But speak to that moment when you realized, okay, this is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, we had always said we'd never have a TV in our bedroom, which we don't. But what we, how we solved it was we'd watch shows on the laptop in bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was very wise of you. It's oh, a workaround. <laughs> and we were in a season where we were really fried. And so we felt like at the end of the day, hey, we're just going to chill, right? We didn't want to have a deep conversation. We just wanted to yeah. chill. And so, but it just kind of, it went on too long. And we really realized that we were missing out on that connecting, that end of the day conversation, end of the day cuddling even, just because by the time the show's over, it's like, good night, you know. And so we, I knew we needed to make a change. And um, so I just started initiating, okay, let's um, set up a board game, which we hadn't played in years. And it was really fun. You know, it was something that we didn't have to have a deep conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? By just like, creates like connection. Just, just, and then we were fun, yeah. and then he'd win, and he'd be happy. And... <laughs> you know your husband well. <laughs> do. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. It ended up on a, ended our evenings on a happy note. And then we did you know, talk at the end of the day and, and have that cuddle time. But it, it, instead of letting life happen to us, as we all know, it was that being intentional of let's have fun together. Let's do things that are just us and not always things about our kids, about mm, our ministry, about our church, about the business. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, I visited my folks just the other weekend and they're, uh, they're 60 plus years of marriage. Mm. And they have, they've developed a pattern. So it's actually a wonderful pattern. Every night after dinner, they play Yahtzee or Scrabble or Cribbage or some other, you know, upper Midwestern game together. <laughs> and and the point isn't that they're playing against each other. It's that they're sitting together and there's space in the rhythm of those games to talk. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it can yeah. be small talk, mm -hmm. but it's, there's no pressure. It's flirting, but it's not the kind of flirting that we think of, right. you know, ends in right. a certain way. It's just mm -hmm. emotional connection. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. That's exactly right. Well, I always have to be careful because we play with our two boys when they come over. I mean, we're, we're playing board games, and it's always Gene and me on a team. Oh. And then Gene looks at me and goes, now play nice. <laughs> don't, don't get competitive with me. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, so that's always the thing. Felicia, in a more serious way, you experienced uh, kind of a scary time, I think, when uh, you had a little child and you were having kind of night terrors, it sounded like. Yes. And it, it opened up a bit of emotional connection for you and your husband. Describe what was happening and mm -hmm. that vulnerability and, and how your husband responded. Yeah, so after our third child was born, a third child was born in 2020, <laughs> so there was plenty going on in the world as well. Um, and we had just, my husband came home to work in the ministry with me, and um, it was just a really hard time in a lot of ways, and I had severe postpartum anxiety. And so I would have these anxiety attacks at night, usually when I was trying to fall asleep. And I about the well being of your about child. About the well being yeah. of, of mostly about my child and my children. And I wanted to not tell him what was going on because I felt like, well, it's just another thing for him to have to deal with. I know that it's anxiety. I know that this isn't like a real situation. So there's no point in adding on to him. And I know this that chapter in the book doesn't sound like flirtation, right? It's anxiety. But the point of this book is to show these little ways you can connect. And one of the ways I did choose to connect with him was telling him, like, this is what's happening to me, and will you pray over me? And so he did every night. And uh -huh. that was just a, a super special way to invite him into a struggle but allow him to connect with me through that yeah. struggle instead of pulling away from him. No, I can understand that. I mean, even with Jean, I think an intimacy space there for her is praying together. 
I mean, I would not normally think of it that way, but for her, that really shows something to her mm -hmm. that I'm willing to pray for her before we go to bed or whatever the need might be. Yeah. That is a, it's not a flirtation, obviously, but it's an mm -hmm. intimacy builder right. that is really good for her to hear, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It, it kind of meets those needs emotionally and spiritually for her. Uh, Felicia, we're going to experience hurt in marriage. There's going to be a couple of marriages. People listening, they're going to write or send us a text saying, we, we've never had real pain in our marriage. God bless you. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. What an experience. But for most marriages, there's going to come you know, some speed bump. Hopefully not a brick wall, but it could be that. What are some ways that the flirtation experiment um, can help with that bump in the road? Yeah. So my husband and I had some really hard first years. And because of that, there was kind of this reverberation forward through the rest of our marriage where, you know, if you have hurt each other really deeply, you struggle to trust each other in some ways. And so mm. we were definitely you know, dealing with that throughout our marriage. And the flirtation experiment, you know, it started out as this fun, lighthearted thing. But then as time went on, it got to be, you know, a deeper connection, a more intimate connection. And that is what allowed us to really address those hurts and to build that trust back up again, to actually um, connect with him in a way that, that we both felt like, okay, yes, we were hurt, you know, in year two and year three, but here in year six and year seven, by doing these things and connecting with one another practically, we're actually healing a lot of those patterns and sure. healing a lot of what happened back then. And, and, you know, Lisa was a big part, Lisa and Matt, her husband were a big part and helpful to us in that process. So, which is one reason I was so excited to get to write the book with her. Um, but, you know, it isn't easy. I'm not saying that it was easy or is easy to heal those patterns and those hurts, but it's definitely possible with the Lord. Yeah, that's so good. And that's really the goal, isn't it? Right. I mean, you don't want to linger in that pain because you're yeah. going to go 30 years with it getting worse. And then you're going to wake up and go, I don't want to stay married anymore. Right. That is the tragic ending yeah. of, of that relationship. <laughs> Whoever sets out getting married thinking someday I'll divorce you. Right. It's not yeah. what you mm -hmm. intend. You want to live together for your entire life, mm -hmm. especially in the Christian community. Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa, how did you and Matt choose Hope after your daughter uh, was born? I know mm -hmm. there were some complications there. Maybe explain that to the mm -hmm. audience. And that can be a real burden on the marriage. Um, what happened? Well, our fifth daughter was born uh, very unexpectedly, had a massive stroke in utero, and so she came out very brain damaged, and um, it, everything happened so fast, and just doctors were swirling around, and they, um, the prognosis was very grim, that if she did live at all, she would never walk, talk, know us as her parents, and... Um, just so you know, she is still with us today, and she does talk. She doesn't walk, but she definitely talks your ear off. And how old is she? <laughs> She's 22. <laughs> oh, there you so go. There's doctors for yep, you. Yep, exactly. So one of the things that happened in, in this hospital situation where we were trying to get our bearings was one of the doctors pulled me over in the hall, and he said, just want you to know, statistically, you're going to end up in divorce over this baby. What a thing to say I in know. that moment. Yeah, it was. And I thought, oh, so not only... Do I have did I get this terrible news about this sweet little baby, but but I'm looking at the end of my marriage. Mm. And I shared that with Matt and he said, We are not gonna do that. Right. We are gonna walk through this together and we are not gonna let this sorrow tear us apart 
or define us. Yeah. And and that's not that I know it's easier said than done, but we really, really committed to that. And that we would trust in God, that He is our hope. And what the doctors say, what the statistics say, we don't they don't have to determine his purpose in our life and yeah. our relationship. And again, I, th- I think from within the Christian community, I would hope that would be significantly different, um, that couples can stay together, because this is what you know the Lord says. Life's not going to be easy, yeah. but we need to stay committed to him and committed to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that context, um, how to maintain joy. I mean, you guys have done it, mm-hmm. so now you're the masters who can <laughs> teach the rest of us. But you, you're in that 15 percentile. Hmm. The doctor got it wrong. Mm-hmm. You and Matt made it. Your daughter's, you know, she's talking mm-hmm. your ear off, which yep. is great. Yep. She's a joy. So when you look at keeping your eyes fixed on the right things, other couples that don't have that tragedy are trying to figure out how to stay together and stay in love. Mm-hmm. So h- how do they do that? <laughs> That's the big question. It is Keep a big Keep that question. joy toward each other. And remind, we remind ourselves that we're on the same team. We do that often. We are together in this, and we're going to walk through this together. We also, we, we do try to find the light side of things, like if she says something funny or if there's a big mess everywhere, you know, we laugh about it instead of getting upset about it. There's, there's so many opportunities of, of doing that, and and just even in the midst of, you know, crazy moments, we'll just say something funny and, and just make sure we laugh or tease or touch, you know, just all those things to just say, hey, life is still good. We still have so many good things to be thankful for. Well, and what I'm hearing from both of you is intentionality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, marriage needs intentionality. And if you don't provide that, you'll drift mm-hmm. and things will not be the same and you'll, you'll become strangers living in the mm-hmm. same household, unfortunately. And that's what I like about the content, what you put mm-hmm. together here, Felicia and Lisa. This is so helpful for all of us, men and women, mm-hmm. uh, to apply to our marriages. So let me say thank you for catching it and then putting it down in this great resource, The Flirtation Experiment. And uh, yeah, I was joking. Uh, this should fly out of here. Because right? <laughs> uh, again, what couple doesn't want that healthy, kind of robust, mm-hmm. fun relationship and building on that? And you guys have done it. So the proof is in the pudding. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. And let me uh, point out to the listeners and those watching, this resource is here for you, along with so much more stuff to help you in your journey in marriage and parenting. But uh, you can get a copy of this directly from Focus. If you can't afford it, just let us know. We'll get it in your hands. We're a ministry. That's part of it. But if you can help us financially, either through a monthly gift or a one-time gift, we'll send the book as our way of saying thank you for being part of the ministry and helping others, families, and marriages in the journey. And to make this a little more fun, we're trying to raise a 1,000 new sustainers to focus on the family. So perhaps you can be one of them. And if you can make a gift on a monthly basis, we'll send you a copy of the book. Any gift you can pledge to focus on the family is deeply appreciated. Yeah, donate as you can when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by the show notes where we'll have all the details about the book and ways you can contribute to the ministry. And while you're there, be sure to check out our free marriage assessment. Over a million people have taken that now, and it uh, is only about five or ten minutes uh, of your time But invest and you'll get back uh, ways that you and your spouse are clicking, how things are working, maybe an area or two of growth that you can pursue together. Again, it's our free marriage assessment. The link is in the show notes. 
And coming up next time, you'll hear from Dr. Erwin Lutzer, who's going to help you pray for your child. There are many parents who want good kids, but not necessarily godly kids. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.